welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we are doing our bonus review of Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Yeah! Oh, I'm so glad to be back for this one. I need to see who recommended this. Do you have Twitter pulled up by chance? I really don't, but I could in just a second. Okay. Because we got this recommended by some of our listeners, and I want to thank yeah. them because, oh my god, it was so good. I'm so sorry, I got so distracted. I pulled up Twitter and I saw, I saw an article about some Korean actors, and I clicked on it to see if it was a true thing or a speculation thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't this is why I can't be in charge of Twitter. Um, it goes back so far. I don't know. Okay, this was a mistake. I don't know how to use Twitter. <gasps> oh, okay. I found out you go to notifications and then mentions. Oh, <laughs> okay. I also don't know how to use Twitter. Why are we so old? <laughs> oh, I, we're not even... I feel like it's just fully out of touch, truly. <laughs> like, some people let themselves age quickly, and we definitely have. You're gonna have to cut this whole five minutes out <laughs> so that nobody knows our shame. Cover it up. Hide it. Um, so the first person to recommend it was W.M. Henry Morris. And then the second person to recommend it just has their name listed as H. Um, and then they also have, like, Twitter handles. Should we share their Twitter handles? Is that something you do? I think most people do, but W.M. Henry Morris is at W.M. Henry Morris, and that's super easy. Yeah, and then H is at N7Love. Um, and N is E-N, not, like, the letter. Um, why does it feel like, I don't know, I, like, Twitter handles are usually public. Why am I acting like it's a private thing? Why do I feel so weird? <laughs> <laughs> are we allowed to do this? What? Did we just break the law? <laughs> I think we're good. We just wanted to thank those people publicly. Thank you both so much for recommending this show and so many other shows that we are also excited to watch. Pretty much everything that you've recommended was instantly put on our watch list. So now we have enough content for basically the whole of 2021. We can't thank you enough. We're, this one was so, so good. Yeah, this honestly was it was just so enjoyable and it was i don't it was so lighthearted in the perfect way it wasn't lighthearted in an overly silly way it was still sweet and sincere but it just it just felt good it was such a good watch yeah so this show is based off a comic called twin tops bar by let me oh. pull up the yeah. Did you know that? I had no clue it was a webcomic, no. Now I'm wondering how many K-dramas have been webcomics and I just didn't know, because the only one that I 
only two I personally know of are Cheese in the Trap and True Beauty. But now I know that this one yeah. is as well. So JTBC, this network, has done three of them. This was their kind of second and third. They did two at once. So first they did My ID is Gangnam Beauty. And after the success of that, they decided to produce Itaewon Class and this Twin Tops Bar by Su, which you can find online. You can read all of it. I think most of the episodes you have to pay to read, but I mean, it's obviously very, very good. It won the 2017 Korean Comic Award Grand Prize. So it was, like, a real, real good comic. And I think in an article I read, the director said that the show was a bit different from the comic. I think the difference he described was that in the webcomic, they spend a lot of time exploring the storylines of the people who are helped. Whereas in the show, they spent more time exploring the main characters themselves. Which makes sense. I think most webcomics kind of do that. They have a lot more time to work with. I think it's at almost 250 episodes and they're still not finished. Holy so, cow. Yeah, there's, so there's some differences there. So if you're looking for a webcomic and you want to practice your Korean skills because it's all in Korean, check this one out. That would actually be such a good way to practice Korean, which I have been in my heart fictionally working on my <laughs> Korean. So, um, but that would be a really good way to do it, uh, especially after watching Mystic Pop-Up Bar, where you have at least some amount of context of what is going on, and then you can kind of figure it out from there. Also, like, base understanding of the language I think would help a lot, but I'll get there. Yeah. Um, I obviously didn't come up with this idea. I don't think she did either, but I vaguely remember Jillian from OK Drama saying that that's what she did after she watched the show. She started reading through the comic because she, like you said, had some context for what was going to happen and was like, this seems like a really good resource for trying to learn Korean. And I was like, oh, what a superstar. I'm so proud yeah. of her. That's freaking brilliant. I love Jillian. She's so cool. <laughs> if uh, if you Caitlin guys and Jillian, we stan. Yes, if you guys haven't listened to OK Drama, their podcast is amazing. We were on one of their episodes and we got to like hang out with them and chat. And then they were on one of our episodes uh, and we got to hang out and chat, so uh, go give them a listen, because we're obsessed with them. Yes, absolutely. Um, and go check out Twin Tops Bar on Daum Webtoons, because it's an amazing webcomic that was turned into a fantastic TV show, and I'm, I don't know if proud is the right word when describing an author that I have no relation to. Behiesu, killing it. So proud of you. Make that money. Yes. I also, I get weirdly proud of, like, people that I don't know and have nothing to do with. And I, it, 
once again, is this a crime? Should I be arrested? <laughs> Am I assuming too much about people's identities? Am I allowed to be proud of someone? Or does that imply that <laughs> I am partially taking credit? Because it feels like it does, and that should be illegal. That should be illegal. That's identity fraud. <laughs> um, I'm so happy you didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, based off of a very popular webtoon, they... Okay, try and riddle this out with me. They said that it's taking over, or it took over, the Wednesday-Thursday time slots, which JTBC had not aired a show in that time slot, or a drama, maybe, in that time slot for, like, seven years or something. And I feel like people mentioning that in articles and on Wikipedia makes it sound like an exceptional triumph to, like, be put in that time slot. Does that mean anything to you? N no. No, <laughs> okay, no cool. it does not. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody explain to me why that keeps being mentioned in all these articles about the show. Like, what do the time slots mean? Why are they special? Yeah, is this like a time slot that lots of people are off work and so they can watch it and so they save that this time slot for like hit shows that would make sense because i feel like a saturday sunday show my brain says that would be more popular but it would make sense that people are coming home from work and watching tv not staying home on the weekends and watching tv like i do yeah, they're going out. Yeah, and the weekends usually... I mean, not a whole lot of television happens on the weekends because of that, right? Because before COVID, people used to leave their house to, like, shop, go out, party. Not really me. You can keep or going. You. This is news to me, yeah. <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. Yeah. So maybe that's, like, a very coveted time slot, and they were like... Putting it here means that we know this is a ringer. This is going to be a top-notch TV show. So we're going to put it in one of our best slots. And it seemed to get pretty good ratings, like 3 to 4% for a lot of the episodes. So I think it did well. I'm really proud of it. I don't know why I started talking about all this stuff that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, just speculation. It's fun to speculate that we know literally anything about any kind of production for any kind of important television. Mm-hmm. We're having a good time. Things that I do know more about. The cast. Okay. We can get into this. Kind of classic bonus episode content is when you and I go through the cast list. Here we go. And play Who's That Face. <laughs> So the only two, like, real fun facts that I found about this show are that Hwang Jung-um, who played Wolju, the female lead, and Yuk Sung-jae, who played Kong-bae, this was their first show in a while. And I'm not, like, I think for Jung-um, who played Wolju... It was her first show in, like, two years. I think she took a little break, and then she read the script for this and was like, 
that is killer. That is amazing. I love this character, and I feel like the writing is very emotional, but also humorous. This is all from an interview. I promise I'm not making it up for her. (laughs) And so she came back, which I think is amazing. I'm more confused by Yuk Sung Jae, who hadn't been in, in anything since Goblin. I did not realize that. That's like a four year gap. And then immediately after they finished filming, he enlisted in the military. Whoa! Right? Like, I would have guessed that if you're taking a gap after the success of a major show, it would be for your military enlistment. I, okay, so I know this is all speculation before I even click on his name in Asian Wiki. We're learning (laughs) together right now, real time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's in a band. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's in B2B. Okay, yeah, so I'm guessing that's just what he's been up to, right? Like, just just being a musician instead of, like, a musician who also acts? My big dumb brain, not speculating at all, was very stupid and thought he had just done nothing for four years. That makes... So much more sense. I did not, I was not familiar with B2B, didn't even know how to pronounce it when I first saw it, but the Wikipedia page for them says they are a global phenomenon, they have won award after award, they are killing it. It makes so much more sense that that's what he has been doing. I feel so dumb. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that where, like, if you don't listen to the band, it feels like they're just up to, like, he's been up to nothing. Which we know isn't true. They're busy people. They have careers. But also, objective, it's kind of like, he got an award for Best New Actor for Goblin, came out strong, um, did some amazing work, disappeared, came back to do some more amazing work. I don't know if I love him more as Dequa or Kong Bay because both are very good. And then mm-hmm. disappeared again. I miss him already. I didn't know he had enlisted <laughs> in the military. It's probably just about, like, finished too, right? Because if he enlisted right after filming and promoting Mystic Pop-Up Bar, it's been, like, a little over... Oh, no, it came out in 2020. I know nothing. Yeah. It's been almost a year. I- I think he enlisted around May 11th, early May. How long is the military enlistment? Is it 18 months or two years? I think it's two years, but I don't know. That might be Mormon missions. Right? That's what my friend keeps doing. We're from Utah, so it's it's one of those two. Uh, But I only know for missionaries, it is also one of those two. (laughs) For girls, Yikes. it's 18 months, and for boys, it's two years um, for missions. And then I, yeah, I get stuck because, yeah, it just kind of feels like the same thing a little bit in my mind, where it's like, and then these people just go away for two years, and they can't contact anyone or be f- friends with anyone, and then they come back. Mm-hmm. I think, I think for military enlistment, they get 
time off occasionally. Yeah. You don't get time off as a missionary. Like, you get to make calls to your family, but you don't. And you can write letters or emails if you're living in 2021. Isn't that only twice a year? Or could you... Mm, You get to call, like, twice a year and then write letters, like, kind of any time. Not, like, any time. Like, you don't usually get, like, one a day as far as emails go, but there's, like, weekly update emails or something that a lot of my cousins would send. Oh. Welcome to our Mormon Missionary (laughs) Podcast. We're going to pivot here and just really dive into this subject, which we also only know peripheral information about. So here (laughs) we go. Even though we've both pretty much lived it. (laughs) Yeah. Just managed to stay on the outskirts. Um, I felt like I recognized Choi Won Young, who was manager Gui. And I was looking through everything he's been in. Oh, yep, there is one thing. There's one thing that I recognized him from, maybe. But even then, it just... Doesn't seem like we knew him well enough from the one cameo he did in While You Were Sleeping. That's what I was thinking. That's the only thing that I've seen from his list. And I was like, I I didn't think I recognized him. But I knew I would not have recognized him from a cameo in a drama we saw years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, he was also in a show that I watched for our Patreon bonuses, uh, but it was an anthology, and I didn't watch the whole thing, and I did not see the episode he was in, uh, because he was in, like, the second to last episode of Korean Ghost Stories, so I did not know him (gasps) from that. Oh, he... Can I just say, I feel embarrassed that we don't know him from anything, because he is in, like, the top-tier must-watch K-dramas, like, freaking Sky Castle, Hyena, um, Huaring. That's the other one. Oh, Those yeah, three, that's a big one. Right? Those are big dramas, and we've never seen them. But hey... Make that bank, homie. Yeah, he's killing it. I also watched an interview where he talked about how he has a family, which feels kind of rare for, like, um, well, everyone has a family in some sense, but, like, um, he has kids. (laughs) And he talked about, like, how much work it is to raise children, so he's obviously fairly involved as a dad, and it would just be... I know it happens, obviously, like, in America it happens all the time. I just feel like it's a little bit more rare for, like, um, main characters in the dramas that we watch, specifically, to have kids. And, dang, he's killing it. He's good at his job. He seems like a really involved father. Like, good job, dude. That's so interesting, because the female lead, Hwang Jung-um, is also married and I was pretty surprised at that as well. That, yeah, yeah, like we don't you said, see it a lot. Just isn't typical. I'm here for it. I support it. Yeah, yeah. I think she also said she has a kid. What? Maybe that's Maybe why she that's took why time she off. Because I think off. it's yeah. Because I think Jeez. her kid's pretty young. 
we're riddling this out one piece at a time. We can figure it out. <laughs> one piece at a time. We will each bring <laughs> partial knowledge. <laughs> and, and we'll see if we can fit these, if we can cram these puzzle pieces together forcibly. <laughs> each of our half brains is working overtime. <laughs> We can do this. <laughs> yes, okay. So she probably retired because she had a kid, got married and had a kid. We know this now. This is fact. <laughs> we have made the connection. Homeboy, manager Glee, also married, has kids. Amazing for him. That's so surprising. And it's something I want more in the world of k-dramas and i don't know korea specifically it's something i really support is actors having lives outside of their careers yeah normalize it being really dope when your favorite actors fall in love and have families if that's what they want or not have families if that's what they want i'm here for it yeah yeah i think that there is like a little bit of and i mean I don't know, because I'm not in Korea, but the impression that I get is that, like, the fan bases of people sometimes get really sad when they enter into relationships and stuff. Like, I guess the information that has been given to me through Korean media is that that, like, sometimes is a problem that they run up against as, uh, as icons and idols and people that like kind of make their career out of being in the public eye is that the public kind of gets a little bit worked up over stuff and so it makes me really happy when we see actors and actresses that are like in really great relationships where they're starting their families because you don't see it enough you don't see it enough you don't it's yeah I think that a lot of our exposure to it, which could be completely incorrect and off base since we are not Koreans or in Korea. We don't speak Korean. So it's very, very peripheral out here. But our impression has been that when actors announce that they are in relationships, kind of public sentiment turns against them, at least for a little while. And that's so sad and tacky i don't know i'm in the camp of like don't call yourself a fan of someone if you don't want them to be happy if you're like i will be a fan of you as long as you serve me like no that's not (laughs) being a fan that's not how this works yeah like be a fan of them and happy for them when they are in relationships yeah let's be happy for people being happy that's a fandom that i'm part of that's my fandom People being happy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who's happy is my fandom. Um, I understand that there were three main characters, but I am a little bit salty that they put Jung Da-eun, who played Yorin, in, like, a different cast list. Like, she's under the couple Mart workers, and I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. She's the Cinnabear. She deserves top tier. Put her. 
one tier above the couple mart workers. Like, right. Like, even if you don't put her in the main cast list, just say the second most important tier and then have Uh her there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's change up the rankings on Asian Wiki. Because she (laughs) and the two, the two spirits, uh, I feel like, maybe even three, Death and uh, Samshin, and then freaking Queen of the Underworld. Uh, Let's pretend I know her name. Yeah, it's right there, but it's so long, and I'm... (sighs) Okay, here we go. I just feel like it's... Yeah, we've got to learn how to pronounce it. It's part of our job. Is it Yomra Daewang? Yomra Daewang? I think that's really close enough. Okay. Yomra Daewang. Okay. I had to, like, split it up into lots of different... Uh, it sounds like it's different words when I say it, which is not great. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for trying. You went first, and I'm so proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not... Put it's not my proudest moment. Put too. they need to be moved up yeah i am a little bit obsessed with daun who played yorin i she hasn't been in very much yet i started watching luca the beginning which is a show that she started filming i think right after mystic papa bar stopped filming only because literally the only reason I think that, I didn't look up the dates or the timeline, but in one of the promotional pictures for Mystic Papa Bar, she had bright red hair, and I think that's because she had it dyed for Luca the Beginning. Once again, shoving those puzzle pieces together, we're, putting, we're building a timeline around Mystic Papa Bar for this episode. <laughs> but I'm just, she was like, I've mostly played really strong female characters and i she said she enjoyed playing yorin because she was a little bit softer which was a little bit surprising to me because yorin was still amazing and i would not describe her as particularly soft no yeah but i she see was it a little bit yeah i mean there were little things like her loving romances which we did not talk enough about. We talked about the scene where she and her soon-to-be boyfriend cried at a comedy because it hit too <laughs> close to home. What we didn't talk enough about is that he tried to get her to watch an action movie and she was like, nah, dog. If we're going to a movie, I'm here. I want to see this romance. <laughs> and also, that good boy said, yeah, okay, and then loved it. Uh-huh. Immediately switched movie tickets. He was like, I'll just throw these ones in the garbage. We will see what you want to see. I love that energy. Yeah, he's the best boy that ever lived, maybe. I'm so proud of him every day. (laughs) I just... I would never not be. I want more people in this world to be like Hong Kong Bay. I just... (laughs) There's such a good energy that I think people downplay or like... Sometimes comedies make characters like this, like Mystic Pop-Up Bar is a comedy, but they never they never at any point made his goodness the butt of a joke. Like, mm. 
it was always handled so well and it was never he was never toxically masculine he never even was personally worried about the fact that he wasn't like super strong or super uh like lady killer he he it wasn't even on his radar he had other things to worry about he liked who he was he just wished that he could touch people without them spilling their guts <laughs> pretty low bar as far as wishes go we hear you bud <laughs> i yeah after simmering on this drama for a while i've fallen in love with their relationship so much more than i think I was at the end of the drama. I think I might have torn into it a bit much on our finale episode. <laughs> and just simmering on it, it's just a real, real good relationship. I hope it didn't seem like I didn't want them to be together. I just, I want them to be able to choose to be together. But I'll stand by that. But just... Thinking back on the role reversals, the kind of gender norms that they flipped on their heads with these two characters, is so good to see without them losing, like, without them being stereotyped. They're still yeah. very real three-dimensional people that you want to cheer on, but they yeah. have these traits that are characteristic of the opposite gender which I think was done so perfectly. Yes. Oh my gosh. I I honestly can't get enough of them. Between the two of them being so authentically them and not worried. Neither of them at any point was ever worried about those traits. Like, she was never like, I feel like I should be more feminine. She just kicked ass and knew she kicked ass and loved that she kicked ass. And then she also loved romance movies, knew she loved romance movies, and demanded she get to go see romance movies and wear, like, the gorgeous heels her boyfriend bought her. Like, she was so, yeah, multidimensional and perfectly done as a character. And he was the same way, where it's like, he wanted to uh, make sure she felt good about herself, and he at no point was, like, sad that he couldn't open a jar of pickles. He was just impressed that she could. <laughs> and uh -huh. he was just like, damn, okay, dope. Did you, did you see how strong <laughs> she is? At least one of us can. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh, it's just, he's such a secure character, and it's the best. So good. Yeah. Oh, that relationship is going to stick in my mind for quite a while, because it was so perfectly done they might be my new otp <laughs> <laughs> who was who was your last otp um what was the last drama we watched oh the last drama we watched shouldn't really have a romance or an otp um oh yeah i literally already forgot about the guest yikes i mean it's super super good but when you say the last drama we watched maybe all year i'm gonna think the last drama we watched was mr sunshine yeah gonna that one just sticks in your mind that one just clings on and never leaves uh -huh. you carry that one like <laughs> a little bit like a medal of honor that you got to ever watch it at all and you carry it a little bit like a huge burden of the sadness that it left <laughs> But also, when you said OTP, and I thought of Mr. Sunshine being the last show we watched, 
I I don't know if I would even say that that one had an OTP. Yeah, that one's tricky too. What was the last drama we watched that had a really healthy relationship? For me, it's gonna be another just like overshadowing. It wasn't even close to the last drama we watched, but it will always overshadow every other drama in terms of OTPs crash landing on you. Yeah, that is kind of the OTP forever. It's so much the OTP that currently as we speak, the actors from that OTP are also in love and dating. So we're here for it. I mean, they didn't have to. They can just be actors and go on with their lives outside of the show. But I'm so here for them also being together. Yeah, like, you're in love? I'm so happy for you. You are... I We believed it. Your chemistry was off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can Kangbei and Yorin top the crash landing on you? That's a big question. Actually, I feel like I boxed myself in, and I want to decline to answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No comment. It just... I don't know. I don't think we're very good at picking favorites. Which is crazy. I would say I'm not very decisive. I think you're a decisive person. I think it's a very good quality that you have. But with K-dramas, I just think everyone is so different that it's not in our... I don't know. We just don't want to compare them and say that one is better than another. Yeah, it's hard to compare. I think the only show I've ever been in, or like two shows that I couldn't help myself but compare is actually probably this and Hotel De Luna because their vibes were so similar. And they were still very different in a lot of ways. Lots of like very different characters, very different reasoning, but it was kind of that like person who, woman who lives forever, not forever, a very long time. And helps people settle their issues. Like, helps kind of people from the afterlife, sort of, but not really the afterlife. Like, the in-between life, figure out what they're doing. Both living and dead. And... That's... That's so healthy. Mine has always been goblin... Crash Landing on You and Mr. Sunshine, which are (laughs) obviously incomparable. (laughs) They're just the three best. They're like the best dramas I've ever seen. They are my favorites. And even though I say I compare them, I compare them in that they are all incomparable. And I think they are the top tier best dramas ever. They are the standard by which I hold every other drama. (laughs) Good luck, every other drama. Um, <laughs> I sometimes find myself comparing, um, like, Huayugi and Tale of the Nine-Tailed had really similar vibes Ooh, to me. That's a good comparison as well. You're much better at this than I am. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair to also have, like, I, I too have, like, my standard by which I compare. I just kind of have, like... One of those for each genre, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, fantasy, Goblin will be the one that I compare all others to. And then historical, I will always compare all other historical dramas to Mr. Sunshine. Good luck. 
Good luck holding yourself up against that one. <laughs> I dare you. Um, with um, like kind of like pure improbable romance, um, I will always have crash landing on you. Like someone brings a romance to me and is like, this is about people falling in love. And there's a little bit of action and a little bit of politics, but it's mostly about their relationship. And if if anyone brought me like a, this is about their relationship almost exclusively drama, then I'd be like, but is it crash landing on you? Once again, good luck. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Prove me wrong. <laughs> oh, I don't remember how we got started on this. I don't know. We've gone really off the rails on this bonus episode. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, if we're doing the comparison game, though, um, man, is it wrong to say I kind of preferred this one to Hotel de Luna? I don't think so. You can't be wrong if it's just an opinion. Yeah, that's just how I feel. I think that Hotel de Luna was a great drama, but Mystic Pop-Up Bar had, um, like, the characters had a lot of heart in a way that I was very drawn to. These characters yeah. freaking captured my attention immediately. I don't remember much of anything. You know my memory is terrible. But I don't <laughs> remember Hotel de Luna, I don't know, having as many consistent storylines that hit quite this hard. I remember freaking crying my eyes out at some of them. Props where props are due, Hotel de Luna also killed it. But I think this one, maybe because it was more condensed, and maybe just because I watched it more recently, felt like the small storylines with the individual people that they were helping felt more potent. I think they'll stick with me maybe a little better. Yeah, I agree. Um, and only partially because episode five made me cry so hard that I'm still dehydrated, and it's been a couple weeks now. <laughs> oh no I've been trying to like rehydrate I, rem <laughs> I remember an episode in Hotel de Luna where I bawled my eyes out and I could tell you what it was about but I won't for spoiler reasons so like for sure if you haven't seen Hotel de Luna go watch it but yeah that episode 5 of Mystic Pop-Up Bar feels unbeatable a little bit yeah yeah, they kind of set the standard for things to break my heart, so... Didn't know that was possible after Goblin. <laughs> and they did it in one episode. Or freaking Mr. Sunshine. Gee dang it. Yeah, they did it. They took one episode to hurt me. That's all it took. <laughs> Kudos. Kudos. We very, very briefly talked about Yongra Daewang, the goddess of the underworld who assigned Wolju her punishment and everyone I think can we talk just for a sec about her outfits oh my gosh I think they they might have been for me personal style they might have been better than Wolju's even they were very good I her don't get me wrong I loved it for her, 
but her style as far as like hair and makeup choices all f- she can keep them cuz she did it a lot better than i ever could yes i'm with you there i think i would be happy to try the 4-inch eyelashes that she had when we were back 500 years ago and we kind of first meet her <laughs> those are amazing maybe not a daily look but amazing nonetheless but the clothes oh my god mostly the red suits give me the red suits they were very good red suits she was here to do business and dole out punishment and you could tell just by looking at her (laughs) i'm here for it oh she has been in a lot of stuff she is a queen of dramas but can we shift a little bit and say homeboy we've called him death kind of the whole drama he's like a grim reaper character he's also got a long name which they didn't even list on asian wiki because they took pity on us his real name is lee jun hyuk and if you want to just check out his asian wiki just pop over you're gonna be scrolling for hours he has been in everything he's been in everything i am scrolling that There was a long pause that might end up getting edited out, truncated. There was a long pause where I was just scrolling through his freaking CV. You could have been gone for days. What? I know we've seen him in stuff, and we never even called it out. We never even tried. Because he's been in all of the things, at least, like, cameos, but especially as side characters, like secondary and tertiary characters, he is all over the map. Mm, he was in Touch Your Heart. Was he a lawyer? Every, everyone was, right? Yeah, I think everyone in that... There wasn't anyone in that show that wasn't a lawyer except the female lead who was an <laughs> assistant to lawyers and also an actress. <laughs> I like that I have no memory of Touch Your Heart, and so even though there were probably like three lawyers in that show, everyone was a lawyer in that show. Yep. <laughs> there there were that. somewhere between three and infinite lawyers <laughs> I again I feel like this is something I don't deserve to be proud of because I have no part in it maybe I do have a little tiny part in it I'm just so proud at how far we've come in almost four years of doing this podcast where we start to recognize faces because I think that these two especially death and i'm gonna call her goddess of the underworld because you know if if that title is above her i don't care she deserves the (laughs) tallest of the titles these two i love that we finally recognize them like we've watched enough dramas at this point that we know these a-list stars who are in everything i imagine so many k-drama fans have been in this place for years where they're like, yeah, that dude, I know him. And for me, for so many years, it's been like, I can't keep up with that stuff. I don't know any of these actors. I don't know any of these people. And that other other people have always had to tell me, like, well, they've been in everything, so start to recognize that face. 
keep an eye out for him and you'll see him in everything. And now I'm that person. The tables have turned. We, we finally get to listeners. be the people who know. Yeah. If you want to start studying the actors that are in everything, these two, look out for them. Because mm-hmm. that's just so exciting to me to feel like I recognize very, very famous people who have been in every show. Right? It's it's just nice because it makes me feel like I have even the slightest, like, toe-in-the-water amount of expertise in K-dramas, which, like, yes. we are, like, almost, I think we're getting pretty close to 150 episodes if we haven't surpassed it. So that is 150 hours of just talking about K-dramas. And then from there, you kind of take into account that we watch four or more hours for most of the hours we spend talking about them. So, you know, it feels about time for some expertise. And then, yes, to like (laughs) finally reach this point where we're like, oh, yes, I know her. I know this goddess of the underworld. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's amazing. She's been in a lot of stuff because she's such a versatile actress. And, and like yeah, both the expertise and the feeling of community where I'm like, we've made it. We've got our badges. We are part of something so many other people have been <laughs> a part of for so long. I feel like we've joined a club. Here. We've got our membership cards. If you have been coming to us to listen to us talk about this for any amount of regular time, and now you also are like, I don't know, that also makes me excited because I'm like, and now we're in the community with these people that are reaching out and recommending these awesome freaking K-dramas. Like, we get to be, we get to know about amazing K-dramas from other people in this community that I feel like we finally are, we're here, we made it. (laughs) This is the peak. We're at the top. It feels good. It feels good. It feels right. Thank you to everybody who got us here. Thank you if you've ever listened to a single episode of our podcast. You made this happen for us. We got our membership cards. We're in the (laughs) K-Drama Clubhouse. We did it. We recognized people. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't tell you their names or what they're in. We'll get there someday. We're still working. There's places to go, but dang, we made it to the first peak, and that's so exciting. You have only growth here on Play on K. <laughs> um, do we have any awards to give out? Oh, dang. I always forget to put in the do needed work of remembering, like, bus stop girls and... There has to be some, because this show was chock full of good people. Yeah, I I don't think we have a happy award winner. No, that one's too hard. No one got there. No puppos. But I will say my only nominee right off the top of the head for Bus Stop Girl, a, a person who helped, and we definitely did not catch her name, would be... Yorin's roommate? Maybe they don't live together. I think she said she lives alone. Yorin's friend. Yeah, she introduces in her to a couple times. Yeah, she introduced her to Kong Bae once, and then she saw mm-hmm. Kong Bae and sp- 
started saying kind of uh she just started screaming at him about i think not having progressed their relationship past his current comfort level which <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> like really glad that she supported them but yeah i think that was a fine moment because it could have been uncomfortable and for some reason they they towed that line perfectly where it was still very comical it was just this outside friend being like i don't care if neither of you punks are ready to touch any other person you need to sleep together for my sake and it's like <laughs> oh no like it still came off as like just kind of cringe humor not really uncomfortable awkward humor you know yeah yeah it was just that he little did it well yeah it was just a little moment of uh-oh uh-oh get him out of here he doesn't need to hear this <laughs> get, get, let's separate these three people perfect perfect comedy i really liked her character and how much she supported yorin i did not pick up her name at all but i think she appeared few enough times that she could be a nominee yeah i think that she's a good one um i feel like i just thought of someone and then i lost it so maybe they aren't good enough um oh well oh, no <laughs> She might have been too much of a character, but she was only there for one episode, and it was the woman who gave up her favors so that uh, Kong Bei's friend could live. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, Raquel picked the best one. <laughs> she needs like a new award tier, but she would never win it. I don't know, does she deserve the happy award? Did she, she qualify for that one? She might qualify for the Happy Award. That's a pretty good one. It just feels like the stuff she did surpasses a Bus Stop Girl Award. But genuinely, I have forgotten what parameters we established for either award. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. They were never great parameters anyway. Just that, like, they weren't supposed to have a name. Which I think both of them did. Unless, like, for the Bus Stop yeah. Girl Award. And they were only supposed to have, like, one line. And they each had plenty of lines. Yeah. So both of our parameters have already been missed. But... Yeah. And then they were supposed to do a good turn. Okay. So we've got one. But yeah, it feels to me like Yorin's friend did a good turn. She was a good friend. Yeah. But freaking grandma of grandma of the orphans <laughs> went above and beyond she deserves way more than a bus stop girl award so maybe she gets the happy award and yorin's friend gets the ha or the bus stop girl award i'm cool with that if you're cool with that yep done awards finished check <laughs> <laughs> we'll ship them out within the week expect those pretty soon here yeah, pretty soon, we'd, uh, eventually. <laughs> you know, overseas shipping. Tricky. Tricky stuff. What rating would you give this, this sweet, sweet show? Mm, I, okay, maybe, like, my heart has softened, because I feel like I've been a little bit, I used to be kind of a hard ass about my 
ratings, and the last couple, I can't tell if I've just loved them that much, or I'm just, like, not... I've, like, maybe I've gone soft, but I would probably give this a 9. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were gonna go straight for a 10. There was so much buildup. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a... I'm a real softy now. <laughs> like, deduct. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's what I was going to give it, but yeah, with your preamble, I was like, well, I feel like a real douchebag only giving it a nine. <laughs> oh, if if you are a douchebag, then I'm also a douchebag. <laughs> Here we are. Yep. The worst of the worst. So I think the play on K rating for this show is nine. Yeah. If you want deeper reasoning, hopefully you already have, but potentially go back and listen to our other episodes i think we had some valid complaints here and there yeah that made it not a perfect 10 but overall it had so much heart it was such a cheerful wonderful uh i feel like elevated after watching this show um just like my mood and like who i am as a person it made me want to be a better person in, like, a really attainable way. I just feel really good after watching this show. It was so sweet. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I really liked it, and I really appreciate our listeners recommending it. Yeah, thank you so much. If you have any dramas to recommend to us, uh, I think we've mentioned a couple times, but we do have some on our list. We're a little bit booked up, bit booked out, backed up. Um, but we are obsessed with getting recommends. Obviously, it's worked out really well for us. Um, the ones that we have received over not just this one, but like the others we've received have worked out really, really well for us. But this one in particular, since we're talking about it right now, freaking killed it. Amazing. So email any of your recommends to playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet them at PlayOnK or find us on Instagram and leave a comment at PlayOnKPodcast. Yeah, we also have our website where you can comment directly on episodes. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can check out our affiliate links. Uh, We have NordVPN and Blueberry Podcasting on there. Both are super useful. uh, And you can go straight to getting those from our website. And that's PlayOnK.com. You can also find a link to our Patreon there, or go directly to patreon.com slash playonk if you want to support the show with your donations and maybe get access to some bonus content if you're interested in that. We would so, so appreciate it if you did, and thank you, thank you to all of the people who have already subscribed to our Patreon. Yeah, and then finally we are on pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts where you like to listen, like iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, and Spotify. And on most of those platforms, you can also rate, review, or subscribe, or some combination of those. And doing so really helps us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. So thank you so much if you've done it already, and thank you so much if you end up doing it in the future. Yeah! Thank you, as always, for listening. Should we announce our next show so that people can start on the episodes? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, If you're listening to this and you're planning on just hopping right along our watch list with us, we are watching, uh, this is 
drum roll and then you can say drum roll <laughs> i'm not actually gonna do it <laughs> okay we're gonna watch my mister yeah i'm really excited for this one i love iu yeah so join us next week for episodes one through four of my mister yeah all right okay bye okay bye